When you have a particular problem, you call in a specialist. In nature, specialists give up traditional paths to get very good at one thing. It usually refers to the place they live and the food they eat. In China's mountain forests, a vegetarian carnivore has decided to go green. But investing all your resources into a single opportunity makes you vulnerable to changes in the market. The giant panda is a rare treasure in nature, but shifts in their home. The giant panda is a rare treasure in nature, but shifts in their homeland have threatened the panda's life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or on Spotify. And thank you to Brian for the creation of this week's artwork. To see that, you can uh, follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LT Taxonomy, or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And today we're talking about a great big plant-based carnivore, but more on that later. Only eats uh, bean burgers. And never eats spider webs. What? <laughs> That's a mnemonic for the cardinal directions. Oh. <laughs> it's never eats soggy waffles. I've heard it both ways. Spider but webs, I, goodness. I, we're talking about... What are we talking about? We're talking about the giant panda. And I bet, based on what they eat, they do accidentally eat spider webs. Sometimes. I'm sure they eat quite a few spider webs. It's also known as the giant cat bear in Taiwan. So, sure. <laughs> I don't see where they get cat from. Because it's lazy. Lena likes to nap. So do bears in general. <laughs> and there is a bear in China that maybe not in Taiwan but there's a bear in China that's does normal bear things but we're also going to call it so yeah giant cat bears Taiwan we're going to call it the poo bear for reasons we can talk about <laughs> later um and the bamboozled bandit bear bamboozled <laughs> he's confused he's confused <laughs> he's a heffalump and woozle uh which ties into Pooh Bear. Let's taxonomize this bad boy. Uh, it's a kingdom you know, love, and are in. Animalia. Phylum is Chordata. The class is Mammalia. Doing another mammal. Two in a row. Order is Carnivora, which you might be surprised to learn. Or you um, might not. It looks like a Carnivora, and in fact, there's reasons that it is a Carnivora. Right, but everybody knows that pandas eat bamboo, and so it's like, you might, if, if you don't actually look into the taxonomy, you would be forgiven for assuming that it's not really a bear. Like, a killer whale is not really a whale. Or a koala is not really a bear. Or a koala is not really a bear, yeah, you would be forgiven for thinking that, oh, I mean, it just looks like a bear. Um, but nope, it is a real bear, because it's in the family Ursidae, so true bear, the, it's in the genus uh, Iluropoda, and the species is Melanoleuca. So Iluropoda, Melanoleuca, Leuca. 
there's only and it's it's the giant panda and i was really confused because there's only one panda so why why is this the giant one um and because of course this is you could also call this the lesser panda or the least panda or the most panda <laughs> um, because it's only it's the only panda but uh, they used to think it was related to the much smaller red panda but the red panda is not a bear and it's actually not an anything I mean it is a something but it's not related to anything it's the only living member of its family kind of like a fantasy protagonist like Harry Potter it's the only only living member yeah it has has no like it's 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 the only living extant member of member of its family and then the order is carnivora so it's it's closely related to all carnivores as as closely as it can be um so it has no real relation to the giant panda yeah i, I can see why you'd think that though they kind of have like a bear's face mm, yeah, and I, they walk on their full foot it looks like like a bear yeah, I, they look more closely related to like a Wolverine raccoon, raccoon kind of thing, like a like a weaselish, like long body. But anyway, we're not talking about red pandas. Maybe we will at some point, but talking about the actual giant panda, which, and since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Cue the music, critter groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the term of entry? Or what is the collective noun? It's all the same. So, if you saw a group of pandas together having a grand old time, would you say that's A, an embarrassment of pandas, B, a harassment of pandas, C, an assessment of pandas, or D, a thicket of pandas. <laughs> Listen, uh, we have to do some work on the um, the apartment building, so we're gonna have to assess you for one panda. <laughs> that's that's extortion. <laughs> An assessment of pandas is you you're just being tested by pandas. <laughs> These pandas are really testing me today. Which would also be a, a harassment of pandas. And if they slipped go... and fell, it would be an embarrassment of pandas. And they do do that a lot. Slip and fall? They, they tumble around and they're very clumsy. It's very embarrassing. Uh, but I don't feel like they have an embarrassed bone in their body. You're, I think they're just it, head empty, no thoughts. It, it's more like you. You're, it's like you're watching The Office. You're embarrassed for them. Second ham and second ham and well, number two said the second ham embarrassment. <laughs> uh, but so no, they're just adorable. So I'm gonna go with um, assessment. Final answer. Incorrect. Yeah, that didn't ring true in my mind. The answer is embarrassment. Oh. It is an embarrassment of pandas. I guess if you have a ton of pandas, because they're so they're endangered, you're like, well, they're not. They're vulnerable now. They're in, you'd think, man, Would, what an embarrassment of pandas. We have so many. Which is yeah, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> like who who am I to have so many pandas? <laughs> and we're gonna talk about sharing pandas a little bit later on. 
but you want to talk about what these guys look like? Do you want to talk about what these guys look like? Sure, yeah, I will. I, I did write some stuff down here. And uh, <laughs> I don't want my time to have been wasted. <laughs> so pandas are small bears i'd call them small bears i mean there are a lot there are bears that are smaller but if you're thinking like grizzly or polar then they're much smaller than them they have relatively short limbs and large heads and like orcas penguins zebras and the infamous hamburglar they are exclusively dressed in a chic black and white tux because if you're thinking about being my brother it don't matter if you're black or white their bodies are or both or yeah both yeah, so it doesn't matter uh their their bodies are white while their legs are black they have a black strip going up over their front shoulders and a, across their backs uh so it's kind of like in in these layers and uh, they have white heads with black patches on their eyes and ears and researchers think that pandas might be able to use those eye patches to identify each other so they might be unique kind of like a zebra stripes uh, the panda also has an opposable thumb that he uses to grip food, execute the whooshy finger hold, and leave a social credit ranking for his peers. Uh, there's also a recently discovered subspecies of giant panda called the Kinling panda, which is exactly the same as a regular panda, except brown fur instead of black. It's still the same species, though, so it's basically just a subspecies. It looks dusty. Yeah, it kind of looks like he just—he was just rolling around, uh, in some dirt. Or it looks like you like let him fall asleep on your car hood for too long. <laughs> See, this is the color your car, your dra- dashboard dra- drain, drained out, uh, and desaturated everything. But uh, yeah, so I said there are smallish bears. They're not the smallest bears, but they are smaller than the bears you're probably thinking of. So. How small are they? Or big? De- all depends on what you... Well, there's a good range. Uh, they can be as small as... Oh, wait a minute. I think I know what you're getting at. <laughs> Let's talk about the listener's favorite part of the show. Welcome to the to Measure Up. Uh, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family... It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words Measure Up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new Measure Up intro this week, so that means we get to hear from an animal. And Carlos has to guess what it is. Marvelous. The brave little toaster goes to Marvelous. <laughs> goes to Captain Marvelous. Okay. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Hear that pretty good? Uh, yeah, it sounded like someone going blah. <laughs> yeah, was it A, someone going blah? Okay. I mean, was it A, a giraffe, B, a water buffalo, C, a raven, or D, a white-tailed deer? Um, Three hooves and a beak. Twelve hooves and a beak. Three hoofsmen. Yes, there you go. Um, I'm going to go with the white-tailed deer. Final answer. Final answer. The correct answer was giraffe. Ah. It's actually a baby giraffe. 
I've never heard. Oh. Well, I don't. I actually don't know what refs sound like. They sound like this. Blah, blah. <laughs> they bleat like sheep sometimes. I, I've heard. I know. Yeah, because uh, there's a giraffe section of the audience in um, at the Lion King show. Yes, that's World. where I've heard that. And uh, <laughs> and they're like, okay, you're the lions, you know what to say. You're the elephants, you know what to say. You're the warthogs, you know what to say. You're the giraffes. And everyone's just like, what do we do? And they're like, it's kind of like bleeding like a sheep. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk height. They are, they are between 1.2 to 1.9 meters. Not a big swing to an American ear, but what if I told you? It was three feet and eleven inches to six feet and three inches. There we go. Now I understand. Now we're on the same wave like wave length. So Words. yeah, you could you could have this small little Winnie the Pooh, or you could have uh, a six foot three panda. Uh, but that's so like how- that's it, it. That's its length. That's it, like if it stood up. That's how tall it would be. It would be slightly yes. taller than your average American male. But they are usually in butterball shape. Little butterball turkeys. Like your average American male. (laughs) (laughs) How many pandas go into the Ming Great Wall? The Ming Great Wall? Well, here's a hint. The Ming Great Wall is is part of the Great Wall of China that was built by the Ming Dynasty. It starts in... Go for it. (laughs) Jiu. There's no way I'm right, but it's just... (laughs) That's what it is. So it's a section of the Great Wall, not the whole thing? It starts at the Jayu Pass and connects to the Hushin Great Wall in Manchuria. I hear there's a good candidate there. Good candidate. A Manchurian candidate. Um, all right, I have no idea. I could have worked with the entirety of the Great Wall, but not this. Um, <laughs> well, now you know it's not. It's less than the entirety of the Great Wall. Yeah. So it could be anywhere from like 10 miles to... Several thousand. <laughs> um, Ming. That, I feel like that's a, di- a dynasty that I've heard more than once when talking about Chinese history. So maybe they're like the ones that contributed the most to the wall. Do you, how, many, how big is the wall? How long is the wall in, in its entirety, do you think? I don't know exactly. It's a few thousand miles. Because it because it goes it at one point ran unbroken from east of Beijing all the way to like almost Tibet. So it's more than a few. Did I say a few or did I say several? It's definitely several. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say this this Ming Dynasty contributed a thousand miles worth of wall to the Great Wall. And I would build a thousand miles just to see you tonight. Just to be the man who built a thousand miles worth of wall to stop the Huns from getting in. (laughs) All right. My answer is 845,000 pandas. Final answer. Yes. The correct answer is 4,657,894 pandas. Darn it. The the Mings were much, much... uh, bigger contributors to the wall than I had initially thought. <laughs> yeah. How they dare contributed I? 8,850 kilometers or 5,500 miles. Boy. That's the majority of the wall, right? The wall is about 13,000. Never mind. 
It's a little less than half. <laughs> 13,000 miles, 21,000 kilometers. Okay. But wait, there's wait. My, males can weigh as much as 160 kilograms or 350 pounds. The standard weight is probably like closer to 200, less than that. Uh, so in captivity, pandas sometimes eat yams. How many of the world's largest sweet potatoes go into pandas? I've, I have this vague feeling that we've done yams before for this. Mm, me too. But here's a hint. The yoked yam was grown in 2002 in Lanarote. The yoked yam. Lanarote, Spain. How would you say that? In, what's the pronunciation of L-A-N-A-R-O-T-E in Spanish? Lenarote? Yeah, probably that. It was uh, grown by Manuel Perez Perez. Name so nice, they named him twice. <laughs> so the biggest yam, how many of those go into the panda? Or the average yam? Yeah, how many of those go into the, the biggest the yamda? How many yams go into the panda? Um, I don't know, I imagine this yam is 20 pounds. Be a It'd be a yoked yam. So, 17 and a half. Yams go into a big panda. 17 and a half, final answer. Mm-hmm. The correct answer is 4.3. This is a big yam. Uh, the yam was 37 kilograms or 81 pounds and 9 ounces. You don't want to yoke that yam. <laughs> Definitely not. That yam's got gams. Ugh. It's a ham of a yam. It's gains, gains for the gains for yam. <laughs> gains for days. What? Gains for days. Yams for days. Yams for yam doesn't rhyme with gains. It doesn't. You're right. Uh, but that's all I got. Do you have any interesting facts before we get into the big fact? I sure do. So as we mentioned, uh, the panda lives in China. It lives exclusively in China and exclusively in a very small section of central China in the Sichuan province. Where that sauce comes from. Yeah, and that sauce is not, it, it's not made out of pandas. Uh, China sometimes used to give pandas to countries as gifts. And what was aptly termed uh, panda diplomacy. <laughs> That's like, we, uh, ha we, we had, could, we, we could be calling white elephant gift exchanges exchanges uh panda gift exchanges well no because white elf the white elephant gift exchange is like a uh like a monkey's paw gift i feel like a panda is like a monkey's paw because well, it eats a ton a metric ton yeah but it's like it's a boon for whoever gets it because everybody wants to go see a panda because they're adorable um but americans have gunboat diplomacy <laughs> And the Chinese have panda diplomacy. They're two very different things. We're like, okay, well, if you don't do what we say, we're just going to have a bunch of, uh, you know... Boats sh with guns. Ships Gunboats. that appear off sh offshore for no reason. We just They're just going to be there. And let's, China's let's like, if you don't do what we say, we're, we're not going to give you any of our pandas. <laughs> let's, let's mix them. Listen, you can have gunboats or you can have a panda. A little carrot, a little stick. <laughs> Speak softly and give them a big panda. What animal does America have that we could give to countries? 
Um, a moose? Ra- rattlesnakes. <laughs> <laughs> You're still thinking like a gunboat. <laughs> yes. We're still we're still trying to co- coerce people. Um, that's actually... So China is, no longer does that. Um, instead, they rent out their pandas for 10-year periods. Um, but the fee... The, the the rent for a panda is a million dollars a year and uh all cubs that are born are the property of china um so are they that lucrative i mean yeah i mean uh, uh the san diego zoo and the atlanta zoo i think are the only two zoos in the in the states that have pandas and they're the most i think they're some of the most populated some of the most lucrative zoos in the country but I mean, is a panda making you a million more than a million dollars a year? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what zoo, uh, what how much money zoos make, or if uh, they recoup that cost every year by with having a bunch of people show up. That explains why like pandas make news so much. It's like we have a panda. Please come look at it. <laughs> oh look, the baby panda. This. Ling Ling just had a baby. Come check it out. Otherwise, we're uh, we're gonna be in the red this year. Well, from from back, are there any pandas that are the offspring of pandas that were given away through panda diplomacy that are still out there? I don't know. That, Maybe the, not. The because whole, it's hard to breed pandas. The whole all cubs. Are still China's property thing probably extended to the we gave you the panda but we still get the cubs thing? I don't know. I don't. It was that was a while ago that they used to do that. Um, but part of the difficulty of keeping pandas in captivity is that they only have one cub every two years, and once they're behind bars, they tend to lose interest in mating completely. Uh, to the point where scientists have uh, stooped to giving them panda Viagra and uh, showing them videos of other pandas mating to get yep. the, to get the gears turning. Like, hey, you know, you know that thing that most animals are totally, completely dedicated to. Uh, you should probably think about doing that if you have any spare time, Mister Panda. Like, like th- my schedule is pretty full. I've got. I've got I have to. I've got- I've got to eat and poop, and that's basically a nap. That's that's it. Um, but it's just crazy. On one hand, you have animal, you have uh, animals like the the anglerfish or the or spiders or things where they're in the male's entire existence is just to mate. Like that's the only thing they don't even eat. They just mate. They they they're born. They mature in a few days. They mate, and then they're dead. And maybe it's uh, protest. But the pandas are like, like that's so low on their priority level. <laughs> uh, they're just they they realize how uh, absurd it is that they're bears, <laughs> and they're like we. I don't think we should be. I think we're done being. I think it's a pro- form of protest. It's like uh, you're gonna imprison me. I'm going to. I'm not gonna have. I'm not gonna have babies that are also gonna be imprisoned. Heck no. Yeah, but, but then the scientists are like, yeah, but like we're really trying to we're really trying to have pandas on the earth. Can you work with us? <laughs> and they're like, no, 
we shouldn't be here. <laughs> you, you, you don't get it. Like, we would have been naturally selected so hard if it hadn't been for you guys keeping us here and showing us these these lewd videos. Well, some would... Well, we'll we, could, we could talk about... what. Do you know why they're threatened? Do you have any, like... What's the biggest reason they're threatened besides the fact that they are lazy babies? Uh, no, I didn't look that up. Did you? Well, the just the, uh, the diminishing of bamboo forests. So you need a ton of bamboo to have a panda. And if you lose bamboo forests, then it's hard to be a panda. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, bamboo grows like really, really fast, but... You need so much of it for one panda. Um, and this is all going to probably tie into your major fact, but despite being bears, they don't hibernate. Uh, they don't even establish permanent dens because they can't. Uh, they have to constantly be on the move looking for bamboo. Uh, if it gets too cold, they'll either worm, move to a warmer area or they will cover themselves in horse manure. Which is interesting. Wow. Um, their average lifespan is between twenty and thirty years, and uh, and that that's they don't really have any natural predators as adults. Um, but as cubs, they need to watch out for snow leopards, uh, martens, which are like weasels, uh, eagles, dogs, and the Asian black bear, which is a real bear. <laughs> <laughs> These are all real bears, but that's all I got for the fast facts. Um, all right, let's talk major fact. I'm calling this major fact a specialist boy. Uh, taxonomically, giant pandas are, like we talked about, carnivores, but they eat a diet that is made up almost entirely of bamboo. Uh, and so we, we've heard both of those things, but what's... How do those things go together? Badly. Uh, <laughs> they fall into uh, the carnivore category based on their kin and genetics. If you look them up, they look like bears. They're built like bears. They don't look like things that eat bamboo. Uh, but they gave up all that bothersome chasing and killing in favor of some more stationary prey. But the- think about it. Grizzlies, their main source of food comes from them standing stationary in a river and just catching things that fly into their mouth. Like, it's not that hard. But that's But the salmon run is also a North American thing. It's a very specific event. Um, the problem with the fact that they eat bamboo, that they still have these carnivore bodies, is that they have the body and the digestive system that's built to eat meat. Um, and like other stuff. Because of that, they don't have the extra stomachs like bovids or, uh, the or other plant eaters or the specialized crop like the hotsen. They can't sap bamboo of all its all the little nutrients it offers, which is little in the first place. Right? Yeah, bamboo is essentially grass that became a tree. Um, it's a woody grass, so it's very low in protein and really high in fiber. And like other carnivores, can't pandas can't digest fiber that well, uh, so it doesn't offer a ton of nutritional value. So you might think. That means it's time to find another food source. But the mm-hmm. panda said, yeah, but what about even more bamboo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking we put in more bamboo. 
I'm uh, thinking there's more than one answer to this problem we have. <laughs> I see a lot uh, of bamboo around here. Yeah, so pandas spend half the day eating, and they eat around two, 20 to 40 pounds of food every day. So they do supplement with other fruit and meat, but that only makes up about 1% of their diet. So they'll like eat like a bug, a berry or a bug. Yeah. <laughs> By accident. Cause they're eating bamboo. <laughs> yeah. It just <laughs> happens to be, I am actually sure uh, uh, quite a bit of, they eat quite a few bugs and spider webs. Yeah. Even though they're never supposed to eat spider webs. So when they're not eating, they're resting and pooping sometimes at the same time. They poop in their nap during nap time sometimes. Uh, so does, if you're thinking so that sounds son. disgusting, uh, <laughs> uh, their poop looks like little green stones, little round green stones. Uh, a closer look would reveal that it's just a clump of undigested bamboo. <laughs> That's what their poop is. It's just like... L- what else could it possibly be? A little bamboo ball. Part of the reason pandas are born so tiny is because their diets are so low in nutrients. The, their mother's diet is so low in nutritional value. Uh, but then also... Because they lack nutrients, pandas have a generally low blood oxygen level. So babies have to come out in order to breathe. So they come out really early. They come out these pink little blind babies. And in terms of placenta, animals with placentas, they are the smallest newborn to mother size ratio. Oh, wow. Even even like a kangaroo, Joey? I guess I it- wonder... No, I, does that count as placental? Because it's a different process. I mean, it. I I don't know. I we have. There's a reason the thing I read specifically said placental animals rather than mammals. And I'm thinking that might be why. Okay. Because you're right. That I think maybe that might be in a separate category, and marsupials are different. Do yeah. tend to be little. Like the rest of the incubation happens in the in the pouch. Yeah. So even though moms can't give them much nutrients, they do have one gift up their sleeves. Um, when a pa- baby panda is the born... Gift of a sweet, sweet death. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, when Something better than death, a little. Uh, when a baby panda is born, their intestines are sterile. What does that mean? Uh, it means, like you and me, animals have bacteria in their gut. A bacteria is essential in helping you break down food during digestion. If you ever hear somebody say, you gotta, ha- you gotta maintain a healthy gut biome. Good, or, good uh, gut fauna. Yeah, a good Ugh. gut health. They're talking about like maintaining the bacteria in your gut. Eat and yogurt. stuff like yogurt and yeah, helps with that. Um, Blue cheese. <laughs> yeah. Pandas are born bacteria free. But all their mothers have to do is give them one of her little green stones. Yeah, that's right. Baby pandas eat their mother's feces to seed their own gut biome. <laughs> moms give moms give their children a little green gift of bacteria that allows babies to live the bamboo lifestyle. And that's all the bacteria they'll ever get. And then they pass that on to their children. <laughs> so not only are pandas not great, not built for digesting bamboo they're born not able to do it and they're they have to eat their mother's feces in order to do it they're they're actively trying to be not here anymore so what the reason i 
called it a specialist boy. Is this is something in nature called specialist specialism? The panda is a specialist, and that means they got really, really good at doing one thing, and that is sitting around and digesting bamboo. So they, in in a world where you're surrounded by miles and miles of bamboo. That's that's a great idea. Like you adapt to be able to eat one of the most abundant food sources in your environment. But the problem is specialists like investors that put all of their eggs in one stock. You got to diversify. <laughs> you're really vulnerable to change and shifts in the market. And one of the shifts in the market are people building inf- infrastructure. So you cut down bamboo forests and the 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 pandas need, can't adapt quickly. Specialists are usually not very adaptable. So if you have like compare that to the American black bear, who's who can smell food from two miles away, who eats everything, who eats trash, who if you know every, the entire world was developed would still eat your trash, like that. The American black bear can survive change. But because that's that's a generalist, a, a black bear is a generalist, and the panda bear is a specialist. America, we eat trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. I like. I'd be really interested to know like how this came about because you'd think that they would adapt out of this if they adapted into it. But they're they're just but not the, doing that. But it took them thousands of years, uh, to like, to adapt this. So they're going out before they can adapt. That that's the thing. Specialists aren't very adaptable. But they can eat, and digest things other than bamboo. But they don't have the energy. The, they don't to have get they, that. They don't have the will or desire to eat anything else. But they literally, their their blood does. They can't run. <laughs> they don't have enough oxygen in their blood. Well, no. I mean, if you if you just put a bunch of meat in front of a panda, it it might like eat a little bit of it, but it wouldn't it wouldn't eat enough to it wouldn't change its diet to that. Even though its digestive system is designed to 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 do that, just like if if you put a bunch of bamboo in front of like a hyena, it's it it literally can't eat or digest that, and so it would it would die of starvation even if it was trying to eat it. Uh, but where like if you put a bunch of meat in front of a panda bear, if it did actually decide to eat it, it would live and thrive. But because it, that it was designed to eat that. All right, yeah, I don't know if we mentioned this. Also, it also poops forty times a day. The panda, forty times a day. Oh yeah, we just covered the sloth, which poops like once a week. It's like half its body weight. It's like five bowling balls worth or something. Oh my goodness. Uh, That's why I called it the poo bear. (laughs) It is eating and pooping and sleeping. And that that is it. And sometimes it poops while it sleeps. And sometimes when it's cold, it sleeps in poop. It's it's so symbiotic. (laughs) Or not symbiotic. um, Synergistic. But yeah. That was the giant panda. For you out there in Podcastia, stay on the move. Cover yourself in horse manure if it gets too cold. And you can have me hat, you can have me shoe. But you never want to bother with the old bamboo. 
like the panda here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey, Taxonomy Titans, thanks for listening to the episode. Just a few quick things. As always, reviews and social media engagement are greatly appreciated, but recommending the podcast to friends is the best way to help us grow. If you'd like some LDT-flavored merch, check out teespring.com stores slash taxonomy tees. That's it. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awkward if Vanessa Carlton got to wherever the Proclaimers lived right when the pro- Proclaimers got to where <laughs> Vanessa Carlton lived?